DYB podcast. It's your hosts, Lee. He's the no- numero uno hosto. Yeah, that's right. Hey guys, what's going on? <laughs> and uh, yours truly, Max. And then we got a guest on today. We got Tom. And uh, say hi, Tom. Hey guys, thanks for having me on today. I yeah, appreciate of course. the opportunity. He's a buddy of mine from, from college. Uh, I think we played music together. Yeah, we were in band together. Or were you in orchestra? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were in band. I feel like uh, uh, we also, like, most, I feel like my, my memories of you are more, like, outside classrooms and, like, just with the circle of friends that we were with. Um, yeah. But, yeah, we had some music classes and performances and stuff together. What instrument yeah, so did you we, play, Max? <laughs> I played trombone. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't know if you took up the other instrument in band class. You nah, know, the nah, Scottish nah, that one. doesn't really... <laughs> That doesn't really pair up. I think Tom. You what play Scottish guitar, instrument yeah. do you play? I play bagpipes. Damn, you play the. How did I not remember <laughs> you play the bagpipes? Well, I, I, I didn't. I didn't ever bring them to campus. I like, you know what I'm saying. I never played them like in the. There's something you know. you should have walked to class <laughs> to play it. I should have learned how to unicycle and play the pipes at the same time. That's some something that people do. I don't know why, but. You could just, oh, like, play a lot during red lights and do that and, you know, panhandle, and you could probably make a better living than most people these days. Hey, I think I read that, uh, on average, homeless person, homeless people make, uh, 30000 a year. And, uh, they're, okay, well, look, dude, I, and honestly, I believe it, because there was this homeless guy at the, the spot that I lived at one time, and he was there every day, bro, at, at probably 6 in the morning till, you know, 6 at night, just panhandling. I was always thinking, like, this dude is probably walking away with so much money because he's on a really busy intersection. I digress. But, um, yeah, it's Tom, you played cello, right? Yeah, well, it was the upright bass. It was the bigger, bigger Oh, version. yeah, okay. Yeah, that was yeah. a lot of fun. The teacher at Concordia, he was so amazing. I learned he had a PhD in upright bass performance. So he was just, like, the absolute nice. most expert with that stuff. I, I thought I knew what I was doing playing, you know, jazz bass in high school, but... You know, it's, it's a good thing to learn, you know, that you've learned, that you really know nothing about it. And it kind of brings you back to that beginner level when you, uh, when you really start learning the really, you know, high level techniques and stuff like that. So I was really, totally really blessed with that sure. opportunity. Yeah. Well, today we invited Tom on because, uh, I don't know, we just, you know, wanted a guest and it seems like we got some topics to talk about. So I think kind of the focus is uh well you know it's kind of an off-the-cuff episode today anyways but um the focus is more on i suppose elites is kind of the topic and powers of control stuff like that um you know tom and i had some discussions and i don't know tom did you have some ideas that you wanted to sort of yeah the elite you know are obviously you know into secret societies and a lot of these type of things involve satanic rituals. You know, they're, they're, I, I, it's my belief, and from what I've read, is that the people who are really part of the, the inner circle of this bloodline, when they're, they're born into this, and, you know, the people who are raising them are basically, you know, satanic psychopaths, you know, who are, 
you know, controlling, you know, huge amounts of assets in the world and sort of hiding behind some sort of facade that they're a philanthropist or something like that. And, you know, they, they abuse their children and, you know, in, in, in probably like a sexual way, you know, like they do with these rituals and, you know, in a physical way too, you know, these kids are taught to be psychopaths because then they are going to grow up to be the ones who are performing, you know, the pedophilia stuff and, you know, doing running the the hospitals and the medical you know big pharma in a way that's just ruthless you know to the people because that's really the treatment we're getting we need to realize that it's being it's ruthless you know against the people you know their depopulation is their agenda you know as, as gates you know says out loud you know it's the goal is to reduce the population and you know i think that you know people probably think that my perspective is kind of out far on the edge because i think that there's a non-human force ultimately behind this, you know, non-human or anti-human agenda, because that's what I think it is, is an anti-human agenda. When you look at all these different things that are, um, and you can just look at the fertility rates. And, you know, Max, you and I were talking about abortion the other day. I mean, just about everything they do with their with their propaganda and their cult. I, I would suggest that, you know, the, th the, in the way they encourage, you know, transgender type things and people being confused about their gender, you know, it's because they don't want people having babies, you know, they want to have a manageable, you know, population that they can control. And yeah, no, I, think, I, yeah. I, I think population control is a big thing with it. And you said a lot there. So we should, let's like, uh, let's try and make, maybe break some of this apart because I think, yeah, no, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. Um, I do believe that like, you know, there's probably population control is a huge thing, you know, and it's, it's always justified in uh, sort of, like you said, philanthropic ways, whether it's like for the environment or for your finances or if it's just for overcrowded population, you know, stuff like that is kind of what to your point, like there's a guise that they go under. And uh, to your point, you know, I was reading a little bit about, I, I suppose, like uh, Carthage. And I don't know if, if, if this been <laughs> just over said, it probably has already, but, you know, uh, Kind of, kind of the idea. Oh, we're gonna become sort of like Greek and ancient Greek, and it's you know Carthage is it is Carthage Greek? I think it was kind of Greek, huh? I'm I think not really was, sure. I think Carthage was in like North Africa, like near Tunisia or one of these things. It was on okay. the Mediterranean coast, but it was on the Africa side. Yeah. Well. Okay. So yeah, I'm not so keen on my geography, but um, I, I read you know there was altars. I forget what they're called, but it was basically for you know child sacrifice is kind of the thing, and. uh I don't know. There's there's a, a you know there's there's raps or hip hop songs. We did a we did a music conspiracy episode, but um, you know there was something I brought up in one of in one of the in that in that uh, podcast where there's like this old hip hop song and a lot of the old hip hop talks about kind of like how abortion is like utilized and used um, to almost like hold a covenant, you know. So to what you're saying, I think yeah, there's a you know, I always like to say, like, you know, especially in government and whatnot, it's a spiritual battle. You know what I'm saying? There's not, it's not, it's, it's physical, of course, there's that, but, but at the end of the day, it's like a spiritual battle. And, um, you know, I hear that a lot. And I think, you know, if you think about it, it's like, well, what, what is the spiritual battle? And it's like, there's, it's basically essentially comes down to trying to serve different gods or what, what have you. And I yeah. guess in Carthage, a lot of the gods were, you know, there's stuff I've read where they would basically use, um, you know, there was a god they had to please with like, you know, young tears or something is what kind of how they would phrase it. Yeah. So 
Yeah. Can I, I make a small point to that, though? About the way that we perceive the history of, like, the religion in Carthage. we got to remember that history is written by the victors, and, you know, Rome had an agenda when they destroyed Carthage, and they wanted to wipe it off the face of the earth. You know, they tore the buildings down to the studs. You know, they completely destroyed everything there because they didn't want any trace of their culture. And it wouldn't surprise me if the Romans, like they did with many of the people that they conquered, you know, say that they're a bunch of savages that they conquered and they're with their religion, they were sacrificing children and eating babies and doing, you know, all, you know, they were sodomites, you know, or whatever it was. So um, I, I, I would perfectly, you know, be fine if they had, you know, a religion that was like a pagan religion with sacrifices. And I'm sure they had stuff like that where the priests would analyze the entrails, you know, of some person to, to find out when winter's coming or some shit. <laughs> but, uh, I would not, I would also not be surprised if it was exaggerated by, you know, their conquerors who then wanted to give them a bad name. That's true. And there's some of these rumors were perpetuated before they were conquered for the reason of inspiring the soldiers and the people to go against them. Oh, because look at what they do. They sacrifice all these children that's a good so they of like, elites, like so what do you think how do you think like that sacrificial opponent or a uh, component is like tied into elites do you like do you think it helps them keep power on physical earth somehow well my my belief is that they want to cause you know pain and suffering and death and despair because ultimately the energy that's released you know through pain and you know pain and suffering you know fear and despair is uh, this is energy you know that feeds you know the demons this is the energy that feeds or the you know the reptilian you know interdimensionals you know whatever it is that goes beyond you know the 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 human level you know that we see you know they're serving Lucifer you know they're serving their God you know what what is that God you know is it an extraterrestrial you know is it something from another dimension is that ultimately some kind of you know ancient artificial intelligence. Yeah, I feel like these are the kind of questions that you sound crazy when you give these kind of suggestions. But you know, is, are are these ideas that crazy? I mean, you you guys tell me what what do you, what do you think about these kind of ideas? Max, you got I mean, <laughs> I've got some thoughts, but Lee, I'll, I'll oh, you, you want know, me to go first? You have okay. anything? Um, I am open. I'm open to these ideas. Yeah, I'm just listening, taking it in, because uh, like I've listened to. And if you go back to, like, our lizard people one, even though it's got a funny name, when you hear David Icke explain what he means by that, um, it's a lot more interesting. So I, I remember in that episode we talked a lot about, like, he calls them the archons, which are just, like... I was just about to say archons. When yeah. You start going that. So, like, those those things or creatures or beings or whatever, like, feed off negative, negative crap, you know? So this is right up their alley. Um, so... Yeah, and... And I'm the idea that that could exist. I have no reason to completely reject that. Um, so that's kind of my stance. So, so here's the thing that that I think is interesting is like, you know, I, when, if I've ever brought up, you know, sac like uh, if I'm talking about religion and I bring up sacrifice and or, or I'm like, you know, there's pagan religions. I'm not I'm not saying every pagan is like this, but like they're pagan practices that i'm pretty sure are rooted in sacrifice of like we were saying infants or whatever and however you want to put it there's like some aspect of human sacrifice in it and people will say well yeah but christianity is kind of based on the same thing but the difference is that you know the old testament they were slaughtering you know sheep whatever 
you know, this is to my knowledge. Abraham you know, was going to sacrifice Isaac. <laughs> exactly. So there was, they're kind of what, it's, what's weird is that in Christianity there used to be that sort of thing, but I think the message is that Jesus died. Like he was the flesh, the ultimate flesh that had to get sacrificed. After that, there was no human that could sacrifice himself or sacrifice another to fix anything. Like he was the ultimate thing. So I think, you know, that's the difference as far as like religion goes. You know, the thing is, is in the Bible, you're taught Jesus died and he he was the sacrifice. So no one else has to worry about it anymore. But in other practices, if they were ancient and if there is no story like that, where there was an ultimate sacrifice in, in any other religion, whether it's ancient or anything, the belief could still be like sacrifice is essential. You know what I'm saying? Because these gods aren't pleased. And when you and that's the difference between Christianity, I think that's like a big component of it. Like we Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice in any other religion. Like there's you're, the gods, quote, are never going to be pleased. You know, it's a continual thing. And so it's like if that belief is still out there and it's at the top levels, then they would have to find a massive way to, to kind of sort of like <laughs> pay these sacrifice, you know, these sacrifices or whatever. And that's to your point, what I think you were saying, Tom, with like anger is like a lot of people, you can control them with anger. And so when you get them riled up about something, you can justify anything. And, and, yeah, it's you know, easier if, to control people when they're in that yeah. state. I think that's a good point, too. Yeah. And that's kind of like my beef with like the media is like, I feel like they know that because all you get is negative emotions from the media. Yeah. And I heard that there's actually some statistical like studies of people who watch the news and they've they've drawn you know, some lines from you know watching the news and associating it with stress, conflict in your relationships, you know, all kinds of you know issues, probably having trouble sleeping, you know, all kinds of things, because it's designed to just really um, make you afraid, and you know especially with the with the pandemic situation these last you know year and a half that we've been doing this now. Um, they just have this marketing campaign that's just constant, you know, always talking about, oh, the numbers, you know, this many people with COVID, this many people died with COVID. You're not taking into account that, you know, people die of normal things and then they just say that they die of COVID because the doctors want to get paid extra money. I mean, that's pretty simple that I feel like a lot of people ought to know but they point to these to tell oh, yeah you know the covid death. and then the statistics are talking about the success of the vaccine oh my gosh there's stuff they say oh yeah the vaccine's 94 percent effective and i mean come on I, I'm, I'm starting to veer off the rails here but i'm sure you guys know what i'm talking about yes yeah, yeah. i for sure understand yeah um yeah i don't know i mean and i think it's kind of does it come back to all you know like you said, it's, you know, television and the narrative is sort of designed and it's like, it's always bad news. And so when, when they do that, it's like, um, it kind of shows that there is some, I don't know, there's an agenda and there are people at power and it's like, who else but the elites, I guess, is, and, and where do they come from and what is their motive? What's their sort of belief on things? Um, I don't know. And I don't know, you know, you gotta look at their family lineage and stuff like that. I think, and I don't know. Are there so any other the, thoughts on this? Here's <laughs> a question. Like, what's the what's the driving force behind, you know, what the elites do? You had mentioned, like, at the top, just kind of like they want to cause pain and suffering. Like, is that the only reason? It's or is, is it like... They just want lawlessness. Well, I think that their, I think that their gods ultimately promise them power and wealth. 
if they do what they want, you know, be it set up 5G towers or, you know, in, uh, financially support, you know, these different institutions to brainwash people a certain way or, you know, like, you know, Bill Gates buying up all the farmland, you know, trying to feed people fake meat um, that's, you know, laced with God knows what, you know. They're, they're not just doing that because they want to. I think they're doing it because it's part of a, of a, of a more, you know, overall, you know, mission to, you know, depopulate the world and to ultimately gain, a, create a one-world government with a digital currency and have everybody vaccinated and have, you know, 10,000 satellites, you know, circling the globe, you know, and blasting, you know, radiation wherever they want to. Um, so ultimately, yeah, they want to turn the human race into a slave species, and I think ultimately they want to create synthetic humans. Um, I think that I think that human DNA is, uh, you know, one of the reasons why people, you know, talk about alien abductions and getting medical exams, and when you get deeper into this stuff, you know, insiders talk about how there's, you know, a galactic slave trade, you know, with humans being, you know, and, and if you look at the amount of people who disappear on a regular basis, I know we're kind of not really talking so much about the elites anymore, but we kind of want to know about their motivation, you know, what really they're doing out there. Um, there are people that are disappearing, and I think ultimately, um, they're they're disappearing because they're getting abducted and they're getting taken and they're getting you know be it by reptilians you know to eat them for lunch or be it by different extraterrestrials so that they can you know have this person be a slave worker or you know eat them or clone them or whatever the heck they're doing but i think it is a bit of a, a grab bag right now for i'm probably getting a little bit out there but i i truly think that you know aliens are kind of taking advantage of this window and they've signed deals with certain shady you know, world leaders in the past that they're able to, you know, abduct and have experiments on people in exchange for occasionally dropping a saucer down here with, you know, some advanced metals and technology that gets back engineered. So I think I think that there's a trade that goes back and forth between us and different extraterrestrial groups, you know, many of which are negative that we've made deals with in the past where we pay rent, you know, to certain groups where they get to take a certain number of our people each year in exchange for, you know, certain technologies getting put out there. So I think there's some of that going on where, you know, ultimately it's just material gain. You know, these people are after it for material gain and they want to suppress the soul. So, I mean, is that motivation enough? I mean, maybe you guys can fill in more details or, you know, challenge that opinion somehow. <laughs> so I, I no, kind of... Yeah, go ahead. Like, I kind of wonder, like, it, if they make... When they make deals with these beings... Is it because they're scared? Is it because they really buy into the promise that they're giving them? Do they not see like the end game? I, I guess it's a different thing to if you're if you're depending on what um, it is. For example, if it was demons um, directly, you would think that they would know in the end you lose unless they really think that if they make the demons happy that they'll get immortality or something I'm, I'm i'm wondering why they do they not see the end game you're saying they're gonna run out of like souls to reap in a way yeah, like eventually like they're done like the elites like they'll become well useless. so they probably think that they can i don't know man they can le out leverage i mean out leverage with the technology they're given i don't know do they get cocky or they think money you know money blinds them i'm not sure but 
Yeah, I mean, I'd like to know, I would, too, how, you know, if they're, if these people think that they're busted or if their egos are so huge that they truly think they're flying under the radar and that they don't think there's some type of alliance. You know, I like to think that the U.S. military is, for the most part, become part of some sort of alliance that's for the greater good, where they haven't really all become submissive to the tyrannical, you know, JB puppet who's up there right now. Um, but they're still somewhat loyal to who is there before. And, you know, some of the bigger stuff. You is, can't look to a man for any of this stuff. That's the problem. Yeah, I mean, like, I just look to any man. It's like, that's, that's, the, that's the trouble. Is like, uh, that's why I think it's, I just think it's totally like spiritual. And really, I think it just boils down to a spiritual thing, honestly. Like, there's the lawless one, and then there's, there's Christ, basically. And I, I mean, if you want to incorporate like aliens and stuff, I, I would say possibly that could be part of the whole thing. But I, I would just say it's more like, I don't know. I mean, we talked, we've talked in here before about the book of Enoch and I think they talk, you know, in the book of Enoch, they discuss something about like demons providing technology sort of thing to humans. And the watchers. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you know, some of which are good and some of aspect, yeah. and, and there's just demons crawling basically on the earth. I mean, okay. Cause it's the thing is that sounds, it sounds crazy, but any religion I think pretty much acknowledges there's like a spiritual realm sort of thing. And so if you're saying, you know, demons are on the earth, it does, I mean, when you think about it like that, like any spiritual person or religious person could, could, could acknowledge that at least. And I just think they're crawling around and, and it might not even be like aliens. I think, you know what I'm saying? It could yeah, just be like point. demons look point. like a person. Like you could, there could, there's a potential that someone you grow up with and know your whole life is actually just a demon. That could be a thing. I don't know. You never know because that's the problem is like there's it's the lawless one man and it's like that it's like the antichrist i believe is what it really just comes down to is christ versus antichrist and like the antichrist just has so many ways of lawlessness and so many ways of deceit and it looks so good it looks a lot like the real thing but um end of the day it's like falsified and it's uh it leads you astray and um i don't know it's just weird because i i want to say back in you know people always say back in the good old days i feel like you know the the agenda always with back with any media or, or music or pop culture it's always there's kind of this aspect of the elites controlling it and if you believe the elites are like serving the lawless one you know they're going to try and use these tools like music and whatnot for their agenda and what i think i brought this up in other we did a music conspiracy one you know old hip-hop sort of would talk bad against like you know I was just thinking talk about shit that. on yeah. like it would talk shit on like, you know, we were saying like abortion and stuff like that. And it would almost kind of help people see through it. And then there was a point when it became corporatized. And like, so an example is like, you know, there's a song science. I don't want to miss, you know, speak for the dude, Jay or the damage. But, you know, I mean, I listen to a lot of his stuff and one of his, his songs, uh, scientific madness, you know, he says on one party, you know, he goes, he goes artificially inseminated white bitches have babies. Most black youth are incarcerated in the ghetto. Babies have babies, but no loot. So, so more, most pregnancies are terminated. Warlocks keep the covenant and the souls of the ignorant ones empower it. It's transparent. Wow. That's like a message that's not said in hip hop anymore, but yeah. that's more real than anything. And it's like once they grabbed a hold of that median, the elites or the powers that be that are serving the, you know, the lawless one, once they grabbed a hold of that and got control of that tool, um, now they can twist the narrative. So it used to preach against that sort of thing. Now it's, it almost promotes it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if certain if writing certain lyrics like that is what gets you know some of these rappers to be you know shot or assassinated at young ages. You know, they I like my let, let me before I go further into that. Let me, my my sort of idea about the the conspiracy in the music world, um, especially with the hip hop stuff you mentioned. Um, when, when I, my perspective is that in like the 1980s, early 1990s, this really you know aggressive you know, hip-hop stuff started coming, came, coming out of nowhere, you know, with super, I mean, I don't want to sound like some kind of whiny, you know, Christian mom or something, but, you know, <laughs> lots of bad language, you know, talking about, you know, fuck the police, you know, doing stuff. I think stuff. it was more in, like, the 2000s, huh? Or, like, late yeah, 90s. Well, you know, if you listen to Easy e you know, when was Easy e coming out with stuff? You know, he was talking some hard shit, you know, talking about leaving bodies on the ground, you know, shooting people and things like that. And it's my belief that the music industry, you know, specifically funded that type of music because that's the type of, you know, mentality that they wanted to foster, you know, in the youth. You know, they were targeting this stuff. Yeah, they took the anger side of it and, and monetized it. these people turn into gangs, you know, because they're, you know, these people were ultimately making money off the drug trade, too. So, of course, they want their rappers to be advertising the drugs because that's the product they're selling. I mean, it all comes full circle. Yeah, I find it funny that as I've like I wanted to listen to that stuff when I was a kid. I'm like, that's cool stuff. My parents will let me listen to it, but like the older I get, I'm becoming angry Christian mom. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I feel like you gotta, you gotta listen to it. Pleasure, yeah, I, I like listening to it. Just and it also kind of, I mean, I wouldn't have if I didn't listen to that stuff. I wouldn't have realized like how much it's morphed. You know what I'm saying? If you if you go in it with the right mindset i don't know <laughs> if you yeah. don't you know if you don't take it for face value but uh, we're kind of going we, we had a whole episode about this but uh i don't know anyways i mean how are the elites tied to all this though that's the that's the question so they they, <laughs> they run all the they run all of this and they yeah so they run and pr- they're in charge of what gets promoted and stuff and what succeeds like you you don't you don't succeed in the music industry because you're good you don't you, you don't make it because you're a great actor in Hollywood. It's because here's what we want to push, and are you on board with that? All right, we'll make it work. That's you know, and that's all headed up by the elites. I mean, that's my thoughts. Well, have you guys heard the the whole thing with uh, sexual blackmail being involved with people who rise to a certain level of stardom or a certain level of influence when, when they land one of these, you know, positions where they're going to be famous or they're going to be a, a, a star of some kind. Um, I've, I've heard heard. sexual or what did you say? Yeah. Well, what, what they do is they do a sexual blackmail sort of thing where they get this yeah, person to, like molest a child or do something horrible on, on a video camera. And then, um, Basically, it's used as blackmail against them, where it's like, okay, you know, you'll you get to be a you know a million dollar actor now, and we'll put your name all over the world. But you know, when it comes to making statements about global warming or wearing a mask or you know this or that or this or that, these are the you know these are your answers. <laughs> you know, your handler is going to have you you know tell you what to say, and you know if you don't say it, then you know bad things will happen. And so I think there's a lot of that, you know, throughout Hollywood, you know, throughout politics, throughout all of this stuff. And I've heard that Jeffrey Epstein was a big player in the sexual blackmail operations where he'd bring people to his, you know, uh, orgy island and stuff like that. And, you know, they'd do this stuff. And if he couldn't get them to do sexual stuff, he'd give them drugs and just try to get them to, you yeah, know, just try to get like, like photographs and whatnot. Yeah. yeah, that, that reminds me. Have you guys 
uh, who's that? Um, do you remember that weird like video that came out? I think it was like with Jay Z, and there was just like writing with blood all over the wall or something. Um, there's, do you guys know what I'm talking about? I don't. I don't know that particular one, but I've certainly seen lots of uh, so you know nasty. I remember this. This interviews. came out a long time ago. Um, dude, I cannot find it right now on, online, but. Um, there was like this video came out probably when I was in, you know, teen years, it was probably 10 years ago or so. And there was just this video with all these celebrities and there was like, there's this lady in particular, I'm trying to find her name. She would do these weird, she was like part of this whole video and it kind of went out there. I don't know if it got leaked or what, but, um, she, dude, I'm like struggling to find her name online right now, but she basically, she was like the mentor of like Lady Gaga and I think Gaga at one point, she kind of said, she like slipped up and said something weird about that. Like, oh, this woman's kind of awful. Damn, what's her name? Um, I know who you're talking about now. She does the spirit cooking stuff. That's, that that's what I need. Okay, I yeah, yeah that's, her name, that's the video. Uh, so the spirit, yeah, so the, Marina Ab- uh, Abramovich. Yeah. Abramovich. And, I, and so she... Yeah, she would do all these weird videos and she, she just say it's all art and stuff. But I think like I think fact check me. I'm pretty sure Lady Gaga came out and said something like talk some shit. And she was like, oh, uh, she started like scolding her kind of and like shaming her in a way. And like prior to that, uh, this Abramovich chick would always say, yeah, Lady Gaga is one of my best students. And then I saw some footage where it's, it's just weird stuff, man. She would just drop Lady Gaga in the middle of the woods, I think, like naked and have her try and like find her way. And, and she would have her like film it. Ah, it's weird stuff, dude. Yeah. Like just, not as part of some music video or part of something, but just They would like, say it's a piece of art, but like that's that's kind of where the argument comes into play. Was it just art? I don't know. But yeah. She's probably an elite. I don't know what her roots are. Well, we are. Yeah, well, I think that there's certain low levels of initiation that these guys get into where they think, you know, they might even think they're working for the good guys. You know, who knows? They might not even, uh, you know, be getting all the information, but uh, they get enough, you know, money where it, it keeps them to keep their mouth shut and keeps them, you know, moving. So I think once you get in at a, at a, at a low level, you know, it becomes increasingly more difficult you know the more deeper and deeper they want you to get into it you know it's like the cartel you know if you sign up to work with them and you start smuggling things or doing stuff with them you can't just decide to walk away from it one day you know if you do that you pay with your life so that's why we don't get a lot of disclosure with this stuff is because we're dealing with one of these clubs where it's like uh you know if you spill beans you know you can you know they'll, they'll even use the 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 force of you know the government and their own you know in a legal way you know that you sign contracts where you know they can kill you basically if you leak stuff you know under the guise of national security kind of getting away from the the Hollywood ones and more into like you know scientists that work on classified projects and the kind of you know hush hush you know they keep these types of things well I mean even like look at Snowden you know he was he leaked stuff and he got persecuted basically so yeah. see it it's unfortunate with the whole Snowden thing. Um, I my understanding was because I I like to think that of myself as being a Trump supporter this last administration and stuff. But I think that Trump was, you know, I, I don't know if he's involved with this stuff. I like to think he's not, but it wouldn't surprise me if he was. Unfortunately, 
and um, at least at one point in his life or another, um, if he was involved in some, you know, Jeffrey Epstein type stuff. But uh, yeah, I heard that he could have done something about like Snowden and Julian Assange to like pardon them and get them freedom. But, you know, here it goes, you know, it, it passed by his administration and now he, they're still dealing with all these ridiculous, you know, persecutions, you know, just for spreading the truth to people. So I think that's really an injustice that uh, some of us, I, I think it, it might be the case, you know, that Donald Trump, you know, sort of fucked up on that one. Either there was some sort of threat or th thing saying, you know, if you let these guys go, then we're going to do these bad things. Um, so I, I just hope that there was some sort of gun to his head or something where, you know, Trump's hands were tied because I would hope that otherwise you know, he would have done something about Julian Assange and Ed, Edward Snowden if he had the power to. We'll probably never know, unfortunately. <laughs> that's yeah. uh, that, I mean, that's uh, the way things are now. They're just, yeah. uh, at least in terms of the administration, they're just spewing out the most garbage crap they can. It's always dark before the light comes through, man. It, you know, we just gotta. Who knows, man? It's always right. light at the end of the tunnel. Outlook. Because there's so many like CIA documents that are getting declassified. There's so much stuff that's with disclosure related that's coming out. I think people are are waking up more, and you know, hopefully, we'll have a lot of listeners this time, and people will look into some of this stuff, um, and and more people will at least you know start looking down certain areas where. They um, maybe come to a realization that um, a lot of the big institutions out there are um, more manipulative and dark and secret than um, you know they're led on to be. All right. So, how do you have any like I don't know how far back does this this elite type of society? go that you're aware that's of. what i want to try to get into yeah a little bit i i'm not sure but i i, I say what you got to do is like look at who's in charge now and then trace back their family <laughs> i don't know so i know that this is brought up a lot is like zionists on the right and you know i would argue it's like a one-party system there's just you know it is a lot of stuff that seems to be rooted in religion i mean you and you even see it abused with like christianity where people are saying like oh i'm a christian vote for me it's like dude just do the right thing and like <clears throat> show us that you're doing the right thing is, is what the mentality should be but i don't know i digress i think you just got to look back at their roots you know and a lot of the politicians that are in there right now they they have roots that go pretty far deep so you got to like look at the area they were from what their agenda was and i don't really know that much about all that stuff to be honest but yeah, I mean, we know that the that this bloodline, you know, throughout history have, you know, war is something they really like. They like sending people to war. Um, so I think that as far back in history as we can trace, you know, these huge wars and big empires, you can find this elite. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if the, the big emperor of China, you know, who consolidated China and built the Great Wall, and I think it's the same guy that has the huge army of terracotta, you know, soldiers, you know, 8,000 statues that were carved, you know, to guard his tomb and, you know, rivers of mercury and shit, you know, these ridiculous, you know, the pharaohs of Egypt, you know, I think that this elite goes back thousands of years and whether or not it's the same bloodline, I suppose is debatable, but I think that the, the, the elite of the elite today believe that their descendants, you know, of the ancient ones, that their descendants of the, 
of the gods or the giants or the Nephilim and that they are the fallen angels. They're the descendants of them. And that's why they have the divine right of kings and that's why they preserve their bloodlines is because it's ultimately an extraterrestrial connection. You know, it goes, it goes back for me is that these people came from another planet, you know, many thousands of years ago. You know, maybe they were giants back then. Maybe they had elongated skulls. And, you know, maybe that's why the Pope has this big elongated hat. You know, maybe that's why, you know, people throughout different indigenous tribes do uh, head binding to make their heads look bigger. And there's actually real elongated skulls that have also been found. So I think that this elite, you know, ultimately came from another world. And that they were the fallen angels. And that um, one of the biggest secrets with these secret societies is that their leaders are, you know, part of this bloodline and that they are the... You know, they claim to be, you know, some of these extraterrestrials. And it could be that they have different DNA. I mean, if you're really that ruthless and, you know, you have no sense of empathy and no love in your heart and you want to depopulate the planet and, you know, do all these terrible things, then it wouldn't surprise me if there's, you know, a non-human component to this. So, I don't yeah, know. I, well, have... I mean, no, I, I, I mean, no, I, I, I. Again, I mean, I think it comes down to like more spiritual thing. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I guess the fallen angel thing makes sense because at one point they were cast down from heaven. So a few of them probably landed on Earth here. And so, uh, you know, I mean, if you look at, for instance, like there's the Israelites, you know, if you look at like what, a lot of what they say, it's like they believe that, um, for instance, like they are basically God and there's a select group of people that can only be saved. And it's like, dependent on their bloodline like if you listen to a lot of the interviews of israelites the religion it's like they're i don't know they say they're not a religion but they say that's the whole point they say they're descendants so i'm trying to get at like if they've if they're asked are you a like what are they religions the israelites what do they believe they'll tell you it's not a religion it's a bloodline yeah. and we are of that bloodline and you can tell by skin color basically is what it comes down to and then they say like that's the Yikes. only is that stuff in the talmud I don't know. I don't know what that is, but it, it, you know, it's just this whole idea that there's only select tribes and, like you said, bloodlines that are saved. And I, I don't know if you know. I'm not saying they all have these weird, like, sacrificial rituals, but they, the, 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 the utterances of when they talk, you know, the utterances around their beliefs are always violent and angry sounding. I don't know. Well, and I think that makes you wonder if the God of Yahweh, you know, the God of the the Israelites who supposedly told them to go and conquer other tribes and to do, you know, some things that if you follow, you know, Christ and the modern, you know, relig Christian religion, um, you might see that some of the expressions of that old God were not necessarily consistent with the loving, forgiving nature of the God that we have today. So I'm not, I think that when Moses and the Israelites first were trying to get out of Egypt and um, the, the God that they were communicating with at that time was absolutely a positive, benevolent, you know, law of one, you know, type of uh, benevolent entity. But then I think as they got further out into the desert and they were doing stuff, they were kind of selfish. They wanted to do things on this earthly plane. And so then, you know, it even says in the Old Testament that they started, they built the golden bull, you know, out of their gold pieces or whatever. And Moses, I guess, had to like, destroy that and, you know, make them eat the gold or whatever. 
because they were um, they were worshiping you know the false idol, and they were you know specifically you know trying to make sacrifices to a self-serving you know entity that could you know give them benefits in the here and now as opposed to you know putting their treasures in heaven you know and kind of doing it for the long run that the uh, that their original you know uh, God was trying to do so. And negative entities that were channeled, you know, later on that um, influenced some negative stuff. And I've also kind of thought about like, because people kind of bring that up, like the God in the Old Testament, like would tell the Israelites, like, go into this land and kill everyone that's there. And I, I think it's I've always kind of thought like we're, we're in the mindset of like New Testament where it's basically everybody, you know, could be saved. But I think back then there may have actually been like, like the people of God and maybe people not of God. Uh, it's it's it just kind of glosses over like the Nephilim and all that stuff. Um, it there's not enough detail behind it. But I've always kind of thought like maybe like there was descendants of the Nephilim that were of like the evil one that needed to be you know destroyed. But just coming from how the new testament talks it just seems so it's a stark contrast between the two because of that but times were different back then um yeah yeah i mean do you guys think that at some point in time what they call the means of grace you know changed at some point because my I, I mean i've considered i don't really align with the modern interpretation of christianity you know my my family's christian and all that stuff and they they say that when you know jesus died on the cross and you know resurrected that changed the means of grace where you know by yeah, grace that's, that's saved, what i was saying exactly whereas, that's where you had to do sacrifices is that is, is that where you guys are at or I'm, that's yeah that and that's what i was saying before is like that's what sets i think christianity apart from everything else is in Christianity, it, it humbles you. You realize that you're not, you can't. Uh, there's no sacrifice you can make that's great enough to save you, because Jesus was the one, and that that was it. End game. So now it's like uh, we're at a point where you just got to try to live as I think as Christ-like as possible, basically. And so that's to my point with like the elites. Do you think they're worshiping a different God that says the exact opposite? Like, no, you still have to make sacrifices to me. And that's why the elites seem to be so evil. Do you think that's what it is? Like, are yeah. they worshiping the same sort of gods that were that I guess the Israelites, you know, back in the Old Testament or whatever? Had I don't know if I'm saying that right, but you know, the group of people that you mentioned before, if they were, uh, you know, you said they were making like sacrifices to bulls, blah blah blah. Do you think it's the same sort of idea, like same gods? Do you think it's different gods, and that's what's driving the elites? I think that it's ultimately the same force that they're appealing to, the different, you know, uh, sacrificial and pagan religions and rituals have done for. Um, one thing that, I don't know if you guys have ever looked up stuff about voodoo, but voodoo uh, supposedly goes back like 10,000 years, you know, into West Africa and stuff. And they do lots of, like, animal sacrifices and things like that to their voodoo gods. And, you know, there's some shit about voodoo. If you look into that, some of that stuff is real, in my opinion. And it's some freaky, wild stuff. And I think that, uh, that yeah, you know, when if you get into, you know, sacrificing to a self-serving entity, then, um, you know, I don't think that's a benevolent being. I think that they might try to steer you towards some type of material success or some type of short-term thing. 
but ultimately um, the you, you know you might be selling your soul to something or inviting some kind of negative energy that you don't want to do like I would never mess with a Ouija board um, you know because I, I do believe that stuff is real and um, and and yeah you know that's some of these uh, secret societies you know do rituals that are like uh, like using a scalpel you know compared to Honestly, I feel like they're more organized with their with their spiritual warfare than a lot of the you know positive people and truth seekers in the world. Like maybe like you or I, you know, maybe we pray or meditate here and there, and you know try to invoke a positive energy. But these people get together and they do rituals on on key you know ley lines on the earth, you know, in key you know centers, you know megalithic sites where they do you know terrible things, and they you know they chant you know with dark robes or whatever it is to invoke you know this negative energy with a level of precision that is you know it, this is what magic is. They're you know they're doing these you know things that's ultimately it's ultimately you know geometric and scientific you know in nature where they're they're thinning out the the veil, you know, the, the separation between our dimension and the, you know, the negative fourth dimension or wherever the, the demons, you know, interact and where they exist, you know, through their rituals, they're thinning out, you know, the difference between, you know, the, the dimensions where they're actually able to contact it at some point, you know, during the ritual, you know, be it when they drink the blood or when they, you know, orgasm or whatever the fuck, you know, they're doing, I really don't know. But that, that's the type of thing, you know, that I believe, that at least they believe that that's what they're doing, ultimately. And it's got to be, like, I don't know what's the word, like, because I, I assume, like, when they do this stuff, they actually see stuff happen. And I think, to the, it's so weird to me, like, I'm sure that fascinates them, like, oh, this is real, like, oh, I'm all in. But, uh, like, I always kind of... I don't get it where like if I met or maybe it's just like the demonic entities can can hide who they are. But I would think if you met a demon, you would instantly be like, OK, if demons real, then angels are real and God's real. And um, if what the Christian people are saying, God's going to win. So I'm just going to stay away from that. You know, it's kind of weird that they would jump all in with, with this kind of stuff. But if they disguise it then maybe that's why they're getting tricked because it just seems like magic compared to the world. Yeah. And I think they've been brainwashed, you know, like I said, probably ever since they were very young, if they're really part of the bloodline that they're, they're taught that this is the right way and that they have all the answers and that they are doing what they perceive to be, um, you know, the be all end all. And so, yeah, I think they've been sort of brainwashed into that sort of thing. And that, that's why most, in my opinion, most like ordinary people like you or I would never try to dabble with this stuff is because, you know, yeah, we're socially programmed and maybe not the most positive way, but at least we're not socially programmed to the point of wanting to be a Satanist or wanting to, you know, hurt people and do terrible things. So, you know, we have that sort of fallback, you know, mechanism of empathy in our hearts that is probably what makes our DNA, you know, what they consider, you know, to be the poopy, you know, DNA that should be the slave, you know, species DNA because they view that love and empathy as weakness. That's that's one theory I have about you know how they how they set themselves apart, you know, which is which is a biblical thing too. I think it's Psalms two verse two or something where it says the rulers and the elite, you know, set themselves apart, you know, from God and the um, and the, and the people to to commit evil stuff. 
That's not an exact reference, but that's the gist of it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's at a genetic you... level, yeah. Oh, sorry, Lee, were you going to say something? No, I, I was going to add something like, there was, I, th- I could be wrong, but I thought it was in 1st or 2nd Peter that talks about, like, do not, like, get mixed up in, like, trying to follow bloodlines and stuff. Uh, I can't remember where it's at, but I remember reading that. Yeah, well, I mean, I think at the end of the day, you know, whether it's elites, <clears throat> my voice just cracked, whether it's elites or just people, you know, that fall for the trap, it it all comes down to the lawless one, man. I mean, again, it's, it looks like the real thing. I think it's it says talks about this either in Daniel or Revelations. The two books are sort of similar in the message from what I understand, but I think maybe it's actually Revelations. It's like six or something. It talks about how... Um, you know, the lawless one basically comes and he's like, looks like the real thing. You know, I mean, dude, they, I think in the, throughout the Bible, it even talks about how, um, you know, basically Satan can recite the Bible. Like he understands, you know, what he's saying. And that's why I think people do get trapped is when they, you know, it looks so good. And that's basically what sin is, is it looks like something that's real. So if you don't, you're not following the right, you know, message or, understanding it correctly then you can just fall for the trap and if the elites have fallen for the trap and they're pushed then they want to push this narrative basically and i don't know and people fall for it and i think they could even be lying about certain things even about bloodlines and they might say not not to bother looking into that stuff because they might be lying about it where you know we're tra- we're tra- chasing these you know bloodlines you know back to different you know ancient royalty and stuff. They might just be bullshitting about some of that just so they can justify sitting at the top. Um, like I've heard that the Merovingian uh, bloodline, which I think is one of these groups that uh, you know goes super far back and connects with some of the the modern day royals that we know. Um, I can't put my finger on exactly who right now, but the Merovingians. Um, they supposedly, as part of their secret society, they were saying that they preserved the bloodline of Jesus and that Jesus, you know, somehow, you know, had children or something and that they were a descendant of Jesus, you know, or some shit. And so I think that's really one of the things that the Merovingians used, you know, to, I don't know if they were trying to trick, you know, Templar knights into doing their bidding with that sort of thing or what they were, the whole point of that was. But that's just another example of how they, you know, lie about this stuff to um to get you know the ends whatever ends they're trying to justify with those means oh yeah i don't know if that's part of it yeah no i mean i don't know uh, yeah i mean i don't know enough about the bloodlines really and but i i don't know i find it interesting because if you can at least see who's married to who you can understand sort of where the money's going but I mean, what would even be considered the elites these days? I would say it's politicians and like Jeff Bezos. But I mean, what, you know, it, it morphs as to who is like the elite, I guess. And yeah, because uh, is it like, you know, if I suddenly work my way up and eventually I start making like six figures, will I be approached by a shadowy figure that says, hey, want to join our club? Or is it just like the people on top have always been on top and they will remain on top and that's it? <laughs> I think it's more the latter, honestly. Like, uh, the people who are appointed to these different positions of power or chosen to be a CEO of this or that, um, 
they're I think they were sort of selected for that role, you know, from the beginning. And they're they're not they haven't been chosen for that role because of their, you know, success. You know, they've they have the success, you know, because they were chosen for that role. Um so I mean that's that's my belief anyway. I think Gates is the perfect example of that, you know, some guy who doesn't even have a doctor's degree. You know, they just brought in outside people, you know, who are in the computer thing to to do this, I mean, he he's a you know he doesn't have anything you know of his own you know natural. When you actually look into his story, he's not some kind of smart guy who came up with stuff. He's had all the right people you know with him all the way that you know brought him to a level of superstardom. Um, but I mean, if you think of the hundred billion dollars that Gates has, you know, I think that the Rothschilds probably have a hundred trillion. You know, these are. Uh, I don't think that Gates is the richest. I don't think that Bezos is the richest. I think that probably the richest are people we don't even know about, people that don't appear in the public arena. Um, and these are you know, real shadowy people. Who, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's... it's uh, why, why should we think that in a world of all these dark secrets and stuff that we actually get to know who is sitting at the top, you know, with the most resources and the most, you know, money. Again, I think it might go out of this world, you know, some, uh, you know, ancient evil beings might, you know, lay claim to the earth and claim that they own it. And they're trying to, you know, like, like that bully, you know, inmate in prison, you know, trying to extract, you know, rent money from his fellow inmates. Um, you know, through uh, through these elite, you know, and their uh, programs of centralized power and control. So, what do we do? <laughs> it's it's Enjoy tough. Ride. Yeah. <laughs> Just we gotta stop using money. We gotta stop using public services. People need to become more self sufficient. I think that is really where it comes from because these elite get so much power because ultimately we give it to them. I mean, we use the social media platforms, we watch the advertisements, you know, we drink the, the Starbucks, you know, we go to Walmart. I mean, all these things just give the money right back into their hands. And so, um, you know, supporting small businesses, you know, starting our own, you know, kind of independent, you know, businesses where we're trading things and bartering. You know, I think going back to a simpler way, um, that's my vote. And something I've noticed recently, and I think this may tie into like their dastardly plan, is that like any any sort of hint of personal responsibility is being demonized in every way, shape, or form. And I guess that's a way to make them dependent on them, because like you were saying, like we need to, you have to disconnect from all of the stuff that they've created, and and make your way yourself, but. Like just that notion seems to be demonized now in in the media, yeah. subtly. Yeah, especially but... you saw that with like uh, Jordan Lee Peterson, not Jordan Lee, <laughs> George. <laughs> damn, I'm mixing them all up. Jordan Peterson, uh, when he got like called out for the in that Marvel comic book. Oh yeah, they made him look like the Red Skull <laughs> for like accepting responsibility too. <laughs> I don't understand it. Dude. It's like they want to make you seem like some kind of selfish person if you want to have your own little piece of land with your own farm and your own self-sufficient thing. Um, they want to say that that's somehow selfish and that you know you need to. Oh, you, it's better if you give it all to the government and then let them decide how to use it. Because, like, imagine so. if you went to somebody now and you told them, like, if you just want to, you know, do better in life, you just got to work harder. 
They'd be like, oh my god, you and your privilege. Or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you and your privilege. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I feel that, dude. That's definitely a thing. And it's like uh, all this faith in the data and and like knowledge that's trickled down from the top is what everyone's relying on. That's the that's like why I think the elite the whole like elite control aspect is kind of important to understand at this point because everyone is like you guys said like giving up giving up power to the top and it's based off the facts that the top trickles down in the first place. So you know, people react to what the top says and they're reacting because of the information that's fed from the top. It's like, well, you know, why, why don't we question any of this? And it's like, well, because they're the experts. And, and it's like, yeah, you can't you can't concede to experts. I think another another solution if we're looking for that is to people to for people to really do their own research and to learn about how their body works. Learn that's how to too much responsibility, man. So they don't need to submit to the doctors. You know, the Native American tribes they didn't need doctors. You know, they were they were healthy. They lived off the land. You know, they used herbs and shit. I think that people should buck up a little bit and not just like kowtow over to these, you know, supposed experts with the, you know, big pharma cartel because they're evil and people just need to realize that or, or at least consider it and, you know, consider the argument that they might be evil and self-centered and that they just, or even or at least that they just care about money. You know, all they want is your money. And so, um, yeah, they're not trying to make people healthier. And it's so weird that how effective the media is where, like, I always kind of, I kind of talk about this where, like, the flu, like, is a seasonal thing. It happens, and people will come to work with the flu and get everyone sick. And that was, like, two years ago. And now those are the same people that will go and attack anyone that says, eh, I don't really want the vaccine. It's it's mind blowing how effective they are at like turning those people into their their puppets essentially. Yeah, I seen a meme that was like uh, it showed a picture back from I don't know, it was the '90s or something, and it said people who wore the tin, it was a picture of people wearing tinfoil hats. It's like people who wore tinfoil hats back then are the same people that are wearing masks right now or something like that. <laughs> That was pretty funny. It might be opposite in some cases. I think some tinfoil hat wearers are people that... that oh, see. maybe that was the meme, actually. Sorry. Yeah, they're not wearing masks, but they were I think you're right. Masks. I think you're right. That may have actually been the meme. Sorry, I missed that. Well, it could go either way, really. <laughs> Depends why they're wearing the hats. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, I had some other point I was going to make. I can't think of it. Oh, yeah, yeah, Okay, so if the... Uh, this, this sort of goes back into the whole vaccine mask thing. I don't know if you guys want to rehash any of that right now, but it's coming to mind right now that um, I don't know what people think the vaccine really does because they still wear masks even after they get the vaccine and they're going to whine and bitch about other people not getting the vaccine. So do they think that it even works? I mean, if you get the vaccine, then why would you wear a mask? And why would you be concerned about being around people that aren't vaccinated? Because you are vaccinated, right? That makes you safe from it. But if I'm not vaccinated, then I'm somehow putting you in danger who are vaccinated? How does that logic work? It's like they're scared to think because they might be ostracized. Uh, like, I, I, that's, I wonder if people... 
jump all in with what the TV says if because they're they're lazy and don't want to think or that they're scared to think for themselves because they see how those people are treated. I think it makes them feel good just with all oh, those too, aspects yeah. considered that you just <laughs> mentioned. I think what it bundles up into is it makes them feel good. And again, it's like a, it's deceit. So, I mean, dude, think about, um, was it Fahrenheit 451, I think, where the dude, the dude, the main character, his wife, is in the living room and all she does all day is sits in this room that's basically i mean the way i interpreted it in the book is it's a virtual reality realm basically where she gets to see all the news she wants to see on screen she gets to see um you know she can like probably see scenery that she wants to select yeah, at that moment whether it's like a beach yeah exactly and so she's kind of submerged into this alternate realm and then when she comes back to get like food or something she just bitches at her husband and hates him and blah blah so um i think it's kind of that's what's sort of happening in realistic terms is that people will just see that and it's what makes them feel good and when they go on the outside and face reality of or even if even if it's not reality even if it's just a challenge to their mentality and what they've been seeing it frustrates them really quickly you know what i mean um i don't know well, I think also that people do mental gymnastics to justify their particular belief about what's going on. And yeah, I think you made a good point about people feeling a sense of comfort, you know, when they when they put the mask on. You know, they've been sort of psychologically trained to feel safer when they put the mask on, right? So um, that that perceptual sort of a, a manipulation. Um, they're they're gonna follow it all the way to the end. You know, if they're told to wear two masks, they'll wear two masks. You know, so, like, what would be to... the the advantage to the, like the elites or whoever's controlling that narrative to have people wear masks? Is it just them testing out like what, how like people will react in mass? I think that's part of it. I think also that it's just to see how far they can push us, and it's a sign of submission. <laughs> you think it's they've... a sign of you know <laughs> silencing people? Yeah. Could we get them to wear three masks? Nah. Are you sure? I bet we could try. Let's try it. <laughs> I got ten bones on it. <laughs> I'll bet on that. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, and then meanwhile, they're the ones who are making mask deals, you know, to buy, you know, bull. Wasn't there something with Gavin Newsom getting in the scandal with buying masks from China for like $5 a mask and putting all that money in his pocket and his tax dollars paying for it or something? I read something like I that. No idea. Is he getting recalled? Hopefully, yeah, I hope so. I haven't, I haven't been following that thread too much. So I think I he is he, up for he San Diego to Orange Tier <laughs> when they got serious with that. So they started moving it from Red Tier to Orange Tier with the restrictions. You know, when they found out that it was getting serious with this recall stuff, they just should try to make people back off. But hopefully, they don't. Yeah. So yeah, elites oh. control the vaccines <laughs> as well. It's elites just control the game. So wake up, people. Wake up. I know it's like a, a so cliche these days, but seriously, like turn off the news. Stop listening to people that tell you they're experts. Like it. No, just think for yourself. Like seriously, follow the point. money. That's my main message: is to follow the money, man. See who's making the money, and see who's making the announcements. See who controls these institutions, and you know, it's just they're just trying to make money off this stuff. They have to be, and I've always said, like, if if this uh, virus was as deadly as they, they tried to make it out to be, you wouldn't have to tell us to do all these things. We'd already be doing it. 
And that's what's so yeah, bizarre to me. Yeah, it's self-evident that there's a pandemic. You don't need a marketing campaign. And like, and like, I always check the stats too. I'm like, okay, hold on. Like, this is super deadly. How deadly? What's the rate that you die? Well, for rounding, it's zero percent. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> what then you the hell have are we doing? That are off the charts yeah. because of this. You know, children you know committing suicide because they got to wear masks all day. It's nuts the amount of psychological damage that they're doing. But it's because that's what they want. You know, they want to do the psychological damage. They want to do as much damage as they can, and they want to do it under the guise of public safety, which is just a joke. I mean, come on, kids wearing masks? My goodness, you got to breathe oxygen. I mean, come on, this is basic. Some I think it's elementary basically the leverage is like a is like a distraction, you know, so that like we were saying, the elites and powers that be can set up kind of. Uh, newer sneakier better looking ways of deceit for their bidding to their whatever it is that they are trying to there's you know you want to call money a god I, you know if we're just you know on the, if we were talking keeping on that spiritual level i think you know you gotta satisfy these gods whether it's money or whatever real real demons they have to you know they can use this time where everyone's freaking out and distracted to set up new things that will you know uh Yield greater output for what they're trying to get for littler input, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And it's a divide and conquer technique, too, with these masks and getting people to, you know, it used to be, you know, you got Democrats and Republicans, you know, Christians and atheists, you know, this group and that group. But now you have masks and no masks. And you have, you know, these, you know, masks and no mask people, you know, having everyday conflict with each other. And that, you know, is distracting them from, you know, bigger you know, wheels that are turning. So I think that, uh, you know, another, another sort of end message you know, that I'd like to say is that, you know, people to look at the things that make us similar, not the things that separate us. You know, if you guys don't believe in aliens or reptilians, or that's fine, you know, whatever. But I think that, you know, looking at the things that tie us together more than the things that separate us, because, you know, we're all here on Earth together. We're all dealing with the same problems here. And we all have the same common enemy. And so we need to come together if we're going to be victorious. Otherwise, we're just going to get squashed. Yeah, man. Everybody's got to unplug. And I, I've, I've said this a lot, too. Like, get involved in, like, your community and with the people directly around you. Get to know them and build a better, you know, community that you live in. Start there and just ignore, like... I don't know. You can't pay attention to all of this. Perceive what's in front of you. Yeah. Just keep yeah. your head down and do what you got to do. Make your own way. Don't yeah. let the elites control you. I do have a side elite question. I don't know if you have an answer for this. Do you know why the elites go to Antarctica, perchance? Oh, yeah. I wanted to bring this up, too. Because I have no idea. Well, supposedly the nazis even before world war ii and during world war ii they had some classified projects they were building submarines in antarctica and um ultimately there was uh what i what i've heard from certain uh supposed insiders you know who talk about this stuff is that um there's places sort of underneath the ice of antarctica where there's like some volcanic activity that creates like geothermal heat and it creates these big caverns underneath the ice. And um, 
I've also heard that there are, you know, reptilians that are down there and that the Nazis, you know, made deals with reptilians. And so there's bases down there under the ice and under Antarctica where a lot of, you know, probably darker uh, uh, things happen, you know, call it, you know, MK Ultra, call it, you know, uh, you know, neo-Nazi sort of experiments. Because we know that, you know, when the Nazis, you know, came to, this is something maybe I wanted to talk about before, this sort of ties together the stuff with Antarctica and the Nazis, is that the Nazi scientists all came to the United States, and they had yeah. freedom. They were put in high positions. So the United States didn't even, like, necessarily defeat the Nazis. We kind of absorbed the Nazis and continued, you know, the Nazis, you know, uh, classified research, um under the banner of the U.S. flag, you know, in classified programs. And then you have, you know, the MK Ultra stuff, you know, all the bad stuff the CIA was doing, and that all kind of ties together. But, yeah, I think they, they have, you know, some bases and stuff in Antarctica where uh, very secretive things go on. Interesting. Yeah, who wants to go to Antarctica, man? It's cold. Really cold. By the way. I also think there's some ancient ruins there. You know, I think supposedly, you know, many thousands of years ago or hundreds of thousands of years ago, um, when the when the gods came down, you know, when the the giants, you know, ultimately landed here, they uh, they had a civilization on Antarctica. I think that if you look under the ice in certain places, we'd probably find pyramids. We'd probably find you know even possibly some advanced technology. It wouldn't surprise me. If there was a whole, you know, treasure trove of archaeology and all kinds of crazy stuff that we could find down there. You know something, this is kind of a random thought, but anytime I start talking about this stuff, I, I always think to myself that in, like, Japanese anime, this sort of stuff is like a theme that they just, that's, like, discussed. And then if you talk about sort of supernatural, like, other beings sort of things in America, you're automatic. It, it's, you kind of get painted as sort of, like, loony, you know what I'm saying? But it's, like... I don't know. Right, just the elites want to hide I think it. About. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But like in in Japan, it seems like they kind of like uh, they embrace it a little more. Yeah, yeah. Like there's like I'm, I I always think about like uh, Promise Neverland. There's it's a story of this like orphanage. It's super depressing, but it's like an orphanage and like the smartest kids in this orphanage, um, they basically are fed to demons. Because that's like yeah. the demon's power source. That's how they live, and so they're the so it's like a boarding school orphanage thing. And these kids, it's like they they're told like, oh, when you turn anywhere from fourteen to sixteen, um, you'll get like we'll like send you off to a home or something. But really, it's like when their brain is at the peak, that's when they decide to feed them to the demon because like that's what they survive off of. So it's like I, it's stuff like that is just I feel like it's discussed more in other cultures in America. Is so we've kind of gone away from a, a sort of like uh, being able to talk about deeper things like that. And when you do, honestly, Western culture at large, like for instance, in UK, I've heard there was a preacher who got, you know, in trouble for like preaching out against, I guess, like homosexuality. So it's like, you know, if you talk to someone who d disagrees with that sort of thing, there's a deeper meaning that just like that person is a bad person. There's deeper meaning to that sort of thing. And it, I, I don't know. I'm not really expressing myself too well, but what I'm trying to say is in J Japanese culture and, you know, Eastern culture, there is a sort of more like. They have more mystical traditions in their yeah. culture. I think their minds are more expanded to different 
an, an open-minded view, you know, that there could be, you know, aliens from the stars, or that there could be, like the Shinto religion, you know, suggests that everything is occupied by a spirit, and that you can still talk to your ancestors after they die, and, you know, they believe that your spirits are oh, yeah, those are called this yokai, sort of ether. Right? So, and then obviously yeah. you have other, you know, traditions in Asia, like especially the Tibetans, you know, and the Indians, you know, their mysticism, you know, goes really deep. Um, the Western cultures made it like weird to talk about that stuff. And it's almost yeah, made, it made it taboo. Uh, taboo and like frowned upon sort of. So if you try to bring a spiritual like argument up, it's like automatically dismissed. It's like, well, there's no numbers behind that. So it's like, yeah, but there's a deeper meaning. Yeah, there's more yeah. to it than just the material world. And I think, uh, I don't know, Western culture is so against that. <laughs> I think there's more to Christianity than a lot of Christians uh, will believe. You know, I don't want to get, you know, uh, into any sort of argument discussion with you guys if you have a certain view of Christianity. But I think that, you know, people talk about, you know, mysticism and, you know, kind of bigger picture stuff. I think that uh, a lot of that, you know, can integrate with Christianity. But I think one of the problems we've had in the West is that Christianity and Christians often separate themselves from anything that's sort of mystical or that talks about otherworldly beings or, you know, the power of, you know, the divinity within, like the, you know, maybe Buddhists or Hindus would talk about, you know, the Atma, you know, your soul is, is part of God, you know, not necessarily separate. And I think that it's semantics, you know, ultimately we shouldn't, it doesn't even matter hardly what you think about that stuff, but... I don't know. I, I try to try to integrate uh, Christianity with. Uh, but if you think that like you're you're like an extension of God in a way like that, like it, to an, it can get dangerous to an extent. You know, if you think that you are a basic, because you can become of the mindset that you are a God. You know what I'm saying? And then it comes down to that whole uh, thing where there's back to what we were saying before is like with sacrifice. Then you it's it's, it's a sort of mindset that's kind of similar to that where you're saying like I can pave the way. That's the sort of same mentality of like sacrificing. It's like I can pave the way if I give something up. And it's like if you think you're a god, basically, then you it's sort of the same mindset where it's like I can make the way, and then you get blinded. And you I don't know. Out for we're kind of going off on yeah, that. Your, your ego can, topic. yeah, exactly, out. yeah, exactly. And that's what you know Lucifer himself fell victim to. <laughs> Just straight <Wow>. up ego. <laughs> Well, when you look at him, it's again, you know, I'm kind of reciting myself, but, you know, uh, it's talked about how he he's looks like the real deal. You know, I think in Revelations, it's something along the lines of he shows up. I don't really remember the full context, but it's basically like there's it's like the end of the world and there's a seal that has to be opened. And, you know, basically there's a like a horse that shows up or something or a lamb and then the rider has a bow. And uh, that's how that's how like and then he's handed a crown. So it's like he looks like the thing, but like the real deal. But at the end of the day, like the real deal shows up and it's like a similar looking thing. But he has the crown already on him and he's holding a sword instead of a bow. So it's like what I'm trying to get at is. You know, it looks the same if you get, you know, if you think you're if your ego is big enough and you think you can determine what's right and wrong, and you almost become the, like the lawless one, I guess, in a way, because you're like, yeah, I, I am the law. So that's just as dangerous, I think. I don't know. Yeah, well, I think there's certain, like, uh, uh, I don't know, checks and balances, you know, before. I think that you sort of have to let go of your, of your ego and not... Uh, 
uh, have have any sort of expectations, you know, for the results, you know, of your actions, and kind of practice that loving detachment, and 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 by doing so, you know, you're not going to be uh, corrupted by greed or by having you know certain expectations that aren't met. You just you you have no expectations, and you want to help other people, and you know, by being of service to others, then you're you know you're fulfilling the uh the will of god i I've, I've sort of boiled it down to works righteousness you know i hate to say you know um but i think a lot a lot of people you know use christianity as a crutch where they just you know they say they believe in jesus you know maybe they go to church a few times a year and then they do absolutely nothing for other people and they don't live a spiritual life so i think that there's danger in that as well um yeah so just the devil's advocate that's uh, <laughs> something yeah I, I always kind of get like I, I think there's like a at, like base level Christianity there's so many misconceptions where people think just the idea that if they do good works like that saves them that's dangerous but also at the same time um, if you do it the correct way which like kind of my belief is that you know uh, through God's grace and Jesus, you're saved just out of pure grace. If you truly comprehend and understand that, you will work to behave in a way, like in a Christ-like yes, manner. I like agree. It just projects out from it. Like it's a, you are saved, therefore I do good, not I do good, therefore I'm saved. And I think that's something mm. so many people miss. Um, it's flipped, yeah. So, because yeah, people do argue against like, oh, it's not about the works. It's like, well like it's it's complicated to, to try and explain it's like it is but it's not the works that are saving you it's you're already saved and because you know that you the works are coming automatically yeah it's like it makes it easier to do the good works because you sort of have this outlook that uh you know jesus did all the sacrificing there's really nothing more i have to do you kind of give yourself this starting point of of grace and uh and faith where there's really not a burden waiting on your weighing on your shoulders. There's not really a wolf at your door. So, you know, hey, let me take advantage of that. You know, I can take this deep breath, you know, and and realize that I have, you know, the 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 power to live, you know, a good life of freedom and help others, you know, in abundance and all of that. And so that makes it easier to to be effective, to be a servant, you know, of, of God. And I feel like it's so much harder for ego to creep in from that direction. When people do it the other way, like work save me, ego just goes crazy. And I, I've seen people like it that are just like, I do this and this and this and this. And like they just have this ego about them because they're doing it backwards. I think what happens with ego when, when it builds up like that is you kind of think to yourself, well, I've done all this good. I need to like loosen up a little bit and you can do something bad and, <laughs> and, ju and you justify it in your head. Yeah. You know, so not to say don't do good works, but yeah, to your point, it's like, don't think that that's going to save you. Like it should, the light should exude from you and, and kind of like provoke you to do good, you know? And that's and why, you know, uh, yeah, James says like uh, a faith, faith without works is dead. Like, I think he, he's got that right where it's not like if you're not doing works, you don't have faith. I mean, it is kind of like that. It's like works come forth when you have faith. So if you claim to have faith, but the works aren't showing in your in your life, like naturally, then, you know, where is your faith like that? It's not there. 
And I think defining your faith is also important. I think it's not only faith in, you know, that Jesus is the Son of God and that by believing you'll be saved, but faith in that by doing the good works, ultimately, you know, you will create a better world and you won't give up doing good. You know, even if you're getting kicked in the nuts, you know, you'll still, you know, do what you can to help others. Because if everyone sort of took on that mindset, then we would quickly, you know, turn things around in the world and we would have abundance and we'd be able to, you know, push back these elite and fight back because, you know, we would be more strong in our numbers and not be held down so much because, you know, we're, we're helping each other and everybody would have abundance if people were not so selfish. And so I think having faith in that type of reality is also uh, something helpful to, you know, at least in terms of creating. Yeah, I, I, my, my, my interpretation is that it, maybe this is wrong, I don't know, but... Uh, it sort of creates guilt when you, you're doing wrong, you know? And so if you have no righteous thing to follow, and again, you just you just say, well, I know right from wrong, then again, you're, you're relying on someone telling you what's right and wrong instead of having a sort of like guilt that's coming from inward. Like you're, you, instead of looking outward and saying like, I guess if we're going to keep on the elites, it's like, well, the elites said this is okay. They're the ones kind of in control. So like, if they say abortion's okay, then like, and it's saving the world, then I'm going to do that. But, it, and it gets rid of guilt in a way, you know? And I think that's, um, maybe a component, again, maybe I'm wrong, but that's a component with Christianity. It's like, it humbles you and gives you guilt to know that like, okay, the ultimate sacrifice was made through the son of God. And, uh, I'm basically like taking advantage of that by, by like, uh, justifying what I'm doing. And I know it's wrong. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if that makes any sense, but yeah, I think yeah. you make a good point, and uh, that especially no with, one has uh, guilt anymore. Everything, everything's trying, everything, and everybody's trying to be justified. Like, well, I had to do it because blah 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 blah. It's like, dude, like, did you not feel bad about and stuff? Yeah, people are justified in that because they're trying to take down the system or whatever. Because that's how brainwashed they are. Yep. Just follow the light. Know the Lord. It's the only way, I think, you know. Yeah. That's the the long and short of it is like the world is evil and it seems to be going in the direction of more evil and that's why things keep getting worse. And it's people look frantically for a solution and they know what it is, but <laughs> they don't like it. Yeah, people just need to come together. People just need to come together and, you know, feel the love in their hearts for each other. And I think interacting with each other more is important. You know, the isolation, people are isolated and lonely, you know, especially like elderly people are isolated and, you know, being, you know, together as a species, you know, is, is going to be critical for our survival and our betterment and expansion of, you know, scientific knowledge and all of these things. So, um, you know, we really need to not be afraid of each other, afraid of having, you know, different opinions and to just really come together because now's the time, um, you know, it's, it's now or never really. Yeah, man, love people. We're all, this, we're all people. We all bleed the same. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that I don't know. I mean, I think that's that's a good uh, that was a good length. And I think everybody, you know, if you're listening out there, if you have anything to say, always email us at dybpodcast at gmail dot com. Um, I I thought this was fun. What do you guys think? 
Yeah, thanks for coming on, Tom. Thank you. Yeah, thank yeah, you, Tom. of course. I, I appreciate you guys letting me sort of speak my mind on this stuff. I don't always get the chance to do so. Yeah, no, of course. We, we're always looking for guests, and, you know, we're a small channel right now, but hopefully we can grow and get other people's voices on here and continue, you know, spreading what's what's right, I guess, or just discussing fun stuff, uh, whether it's conspiracies or more dark, dark, deep, you know, real stuff like today, you know? Oh, yeah, we do it all. But, all right. but there's that positive light at the end of the tunnel, so it's not all doom and gloom. That's right. Keep your head up, people. All right. I'll see you guys next time. All right, you guys have a great night. Thanks again. Yes, sir. Thank you.